Hi, Calling family. This is Pastor Michael, and welcome to our church podcast. I'm so grateful for you tuning in today, and I believe today's message is going to strengthen your faith in Jesus. So we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. And I've been praying for you, as I always do, and I do believe I have a word for God, maybe for just maybe some specifically few people, but maybe in a way for all of us, but especially those who maybe are deetering with faith right now. It says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. I have the, the big old Bible up there. It says this, For we know, say, for we know, Paul the Apostle is talking, one of the most amazing men in the world, all right, now in heaven. He says, for we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed, instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. So that, say so that, that's a purpose statement, so that, for what? What is mortal may be swallowed up by life, and this word in the Greek for life is called zoe, say zoe. It's called zoe life, it's supernatural, or spiritual life, all right? Not bios life, where we get the word biology, all right, or suke life. The Greeks were so smart. I love to study. I got my degree in, in Bible and all of that, hermeneutics. The, the, the Greeks do not like English, all right. I still think Spanish is a better language than English because it's far more richer, all right. All right. Re, how many agree with me, all right? When we talk about English, I can say I love ice cream and I love my wife. Like, nah, all right. The Greeks would, would, would split up a word into three. They would, uh, so for example, for life, there's suke life, where we get psychology, which is your mind, your soul. They have zoe life, which is your spiritual life, all right? Your inner person. And then they have uh, uh, bios, say bios. Bios, which is biology, your, your, your physical life. I love that they split it up to be more precise and particular, all right? So here he's talking about zoe life, all right? Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. All right, I love that. Therefore, we are also confident, and we say confident. Some of us need a confident booster right now. Not just in your self-esteem, because some of us do need a confidence booster. Some of us, we have too much confidence. Just like, relax, boo-boo, okay? Calm down, a little humility, all right? All right? But we need some confidence, maybe in our self-esteem, but especially some of us need some confidence, say confidence, again, some confidence in our faith. Come on, y'all, you out there. Some of us need some confidence in our faith. God wants you to walk out of these doors today having confident faith. Paul was confident about his faith, about Jesus, all right? We are confident, I say, or therefore we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in this body, this tent, we are away from the Lord. I'm going to teach about this. Watch this. Let me say it again. As long as we are in this body, he says, we are away from the Lord. All right? And I'll, I'll elaborate on that. All right? For we live by faith. Say it with me. For we live by faith. And not by sight. For we live by faith and not by sight. 
We are confident, there's another, again, he says it, we are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. I'll be honest with you, can I be real? See, the, part, the, re, the reason the world hates preachers is because they're 100% truth speakers, except some of them, some are false, just be quite on, downright honest with you, right? They'll say what they want you, to, want you to hear, or they'll tell you something, you usurp, you get your money, all right? But a lot of preachers that I know, they, are, they speak the truth. That's why the world hates them, hates them and that's why, uh, uh, that's why the devil hates them, all right? And, it's after, and watch this, that's why, they hate, that's why the world did not like Jesus, because he spoke the truth. Watch it, I'm going to talk, I'm going to say the truth in love today. Watch this. Some of us, could we actually say that? That's a hard statement. I'd rather be in the presence of the Lord than be in the world. Can people actually say it? Don't, I'm not trying to, trying to guilt anyone. That's a hard statement. That's a difficult, that's, that, that's, can I just get a witness, right? I'd rather be with the Lord, Paul is saying, away from the body, in the presence of the Lord. And I just want to reassure someone who gives me goosebumps. I want to reassure you that heaven is better than you ever dreamed of. That eternity with Christ is better than what you could ever imagine, perceive. Whatever you've seen in this life, it don't even compare to what God has for you in heaven. That's why Paul says, your momentary troubles don't even compare to what's ahead for you. My dad passed away in 2010. One of the most difficult, I'm talking difficult things I'd ever been through in my life. My dad died when he was 40 and I was 21. Man, I wish my dad was here to see my kids. But sometimes I have a sneaking suspicion in my faith that he'd say, Michael, don't worry about me. You live this life and you honor God with the life that you have. And I will see the next time I see you, it's going to be forever. Come on, somebody, in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a clap. Any good, all right? I want, you to, I want you to trust. Say trust. I want you to trust that. See, watch this. If someone died in your, and this is not, not to do, and somewhat to do with what I'm talking about, but not everything to do. If someone died in Christ, say in Christ, that, that you loved and you miss and you're hurting today, they don't have to be part of your past they will be part of your future in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. We are confident, I say, and would prefer, he says, to be away from the body. What a statement. Because I like ice cream, and I like holding my kids, all right? Uh, I like handles. Have you been to Handles Pasadena? All right, they need to, they need to pay the church because I'm getting free advertising right now. Handles ice cream right up in East Pasadena is thebomb.com, Okay. They give you overload amounts too. Cheesecake, strawberry cheesecake, I'd highly recommend it. So we make it our goal. Watch this. So we make it our goal, Paul is saying in his ministry, to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all, he says a fact, for we must all. See the thing about heaven? (laughs) You know what? I need to preach about heaven because a lot of preachers don't talk about heaven. They talk about hell way too much and heaven way too less. Watch this. I forgot my train of thought now. Uh, 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 what do you say? For we must all, so this is the truth. Everyone loves heaven. Everyone wants to go to heaven, even unbelievers, so to speak. The only people that are pretty radical, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, someone asked a thesis, uh, atheist, where are you going? He said, I'm going to go under the ground, all right? But, but uh, a level of people want heaven, all right? But the truth of the fact, there's no way to heaven but through the Son, Jesus Christ, all right? That's, there's no other way. So he says, for what we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. 
so that each of us may receive what is due for us and the things done while in this body, while we're in this tent, whether good or bad. This judgment seat, there's two, and I don't have time to get into it. This judgment seat is the judgment seat of rewards. Say rewards. The, the, uh, Paul is saying that like the Olympics, there is a reward ceremony for what you believers will do in this life. Isn't that good news? That what you do unto others, God says, thank you for doing that from me, on behalf of me, for loving someone. Even as difficult as that employee or coworker is, thank you for loving them on behalf of me. Now he's going to give us rewards for that. But that's not our motivation, isn't it? All right. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, this reward ceremony. There's another judgment. That's not the so good judgment. That's the judgment for unbelievers, all right? So that each of us may receive what is due in this life, in this body. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians 5, 7 in the Amplified. And I want to preach more specifically from this area. It says, for we walk by faith. And it says this in in the uh, parentheses. We regulate our lives and conduct ourselves, watch this, by our conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things with trust and holy fervor thus we walk not by sight or by appearance let's pray in fact can I have you stand up as we pray in God's presence and we'll be seated after we pray let's pray and honor God precious Jesus we come before you almighty God in your presence we honor you this day Jesus in this moment Speak to us through your word. And as Ephesians chapter 5 says, sanctify us with the washing of water through your word, Holy Spirit. Thank you for that worship. Thank you for that awesome time to proclaim to ourselves and to just the spiritual battles we go through that you are God. And not for a minute have you, have you ever or will you ever forsake us. Holy Spirit, do whatever you want to do, Spirit of the living God. Alter mindsets, change hearts. Infuse lights into darkness in people's soul. Infuse hope where there's dead areas in people's life. Father, I pray you subjugate the devil by your presence. And we pray that this seed would be planted in the soil of people's hearts. That it would reap life. That it would reap uh, joy and the benefits of the kingdom of God. We love you today and forever. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen and amen. Thank you so much. You guys may be seated in God's presence. Thank you so much. Awesome. The title of my message today is called Living by Faith. What a surprise. <laughs> Living by Faith and Not by Sight. Living by Faith and Not by Sight. And the reason I want to preach about this this morning is because if anything we've gone through in the last two years, it's been a heartache. It's been difficult. Tons of challenges. Maybe not just in the last two years, but even today. This morning, maybe we come today and we're struggling, and we're struggling in our faith, and maybe struggling in our life and our emotions, because particularly because of what we see in our life. Maybe there are challenges that we have in our life right now. Maybe the marriage is on the rocks. Maybe you cannot stand your boss or your employer. Maybe God is not showing up for you the way that you desire or the way that you hope. And you're constantly judging God or judging yourself or judging others or whatever it is or or judging your faith 
by what you see. But isn't it good news today that the Bible says that the way that you live your life, believer, is not by what you, you see in the natural, but how you live and walk in the supernatural. Come on, someone, you out there, all right? So today I'm talking about that. And to illustrate that, I'm going to bust out my comedic self because I'm a really, really funny guy. And I have two jokes for you, all right? Here we go. Are you ready for this? Hang on to your seats, all right? What did the left eye mutter to the right one? You ready? It said, between you and me, something smells. I know, I know. I know, I was really funny. What did the sailor say to the optometrist? He said, aye, aye, captain. I know, I know, I know. That's not that funny. But it softens the mood a little bit. I think God's a little bit humorous, by the way, as well. So I want to speak to, the, to you today about living by faith and not by sight. What we see in context, Paul is talking about awaiting the new body, the glorified body. He's talking about heavenly realities. He's talking about not just his present circumstances, what, which he has so much to say because Paul faced so much hardship. He was beaten. He was literally whipped. He was cast out of a city and th- rocks were chucked at him to kill him. All right. He had gone thro- through so much. And I love what he says in Second Corinthians 4.16, he says this, Therefore we do not lose heart, though we outwardly are wasting away from this tent, so to speak, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day, all right? For our lights and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So God wants to give you a perspective shift today because the problem that you, you are seeing today, literally, you can see it in a different way. Come on, someone, you're out there. You can see it in a different way. So for Paul, he's talking about these challenges in his ministry. He's writing this letter to Corinth, or write the church at Corinth. And he's, in this, he's talking about the new awaited body, the, the glorified body, all right, where you eat so much. You can have chocolate cake. You can have, you, have, you can have carnita tacos, all right, and never gain weight. Come on, someone. All right, that's not in the Bible, by the way. That's just my theology, all right? How many, that, I just, I, yes, Jesus, I, I like that, all right? So he's talking about these realities, and in a side comment, he says this, Therefore, we are confident and know that as long as we're at home in this body, we are away from the Lord. Now watch this. He says, For we live by faith and not by sight. Now what is he talking about? Why would he say that? Why would he say that? What Paul is trying to clarify here for us, all right, is that as long as we're in this body, we have to see God by faith. You won't see him with your natural eyes. In fact, maybe some of you here today, you're like, I want to see him physically. I want to hear him literally. I want to hear his sound waves. I wanna... And if, I'm going to tell you right now, every theologian pretty much agrees on this, even different faiths, that if you see God, you will not live. Why is that? Because God is so holy, he's so radiant, he's so majestic that we, our bodies need an upgrade to actually handle God's complete 100% presence. Come on, somebody. That's how holy our God is. But we have seen in Scripture that Jesus did become a human, and he did walk this earth by the person of Jesus Christ, all right? All right? But watch this. We, that, in that sense, people have seen him, but talking about his heavenly state and what he really looks like, we're not able to see him with these eyes. In fact, in the Bible, there are instances where Moses has seen God. But God said, you can't see me fully. 
you're going to see my back. That's all you're going to get to see. Because you, can't, you don't have the ability or the capacity in your natural body to handle me. Come on, somebody. Someone say amen. So we need an upgrade, all right? So that part of going to heaven is that we will have a glorified body. And in this sense, he says, obviously, say obviously, obviously since we're not there yet, we're here now, the only way we're going to see him is by faith. Is by faith. I want to speak to someone today. You're having a hard time seeing God in your life. And I want to update your prescription this morning. God wants to give you some new contact lenses. God wants to give you some new pair of glasses because God is up to something in your heart. God is up to something in your family. God is up to something in your dreams. God is up to something in your life. And it's time to see it, not maybe with natural eyes, but with metaphysical eyes. Come on, someone. He wants to speak to you today because right now maybe you're juggling. I don't know about this faith thing, God. I've been trying it, but it's, I'm having a difficult time. And God wants to encourage your faith this morning. For Paul, watch this. It is unquestionable and it is unconscionable to not believe that there is an afterlife. There is an afterlife. There, there is an afterlife. There is an eternity with God. Or there is, this is true, there is an eternity without God. Okay? It is unquestioned. How do we know this? Because this was his whole ministry. He preached about the resurrected Lord in his glorified state. Why? Because Paul was one of the only people, if not the only apostle, who actually seed the glorified, risen. Oh, no, he wasn't the only one. He was one of many, a few, all right, so to speak, or many, so to speak, all right, in that time. He, he saw the resurrected Christ. He had living proof with his own eyes. He had seen Jesus alive. Come on. I'm going to tell you today, Jesus is not dead. He is alive and well. Come on, y'all. Amen. He's alive. And all who have died in him are not dead. They are alive with him. Isn't that good news today? All right. They're alive with him. They're alive with him. And watch this. Interesting enough, when, Jesus, when God, Jesus revealed himself to Paul, he went blind for three days. And you could only wonder what that man thought about because he couldn't see anything. All right, for three days, God had to humble him. It reminds me of this in John. Do you guys remember in, the, in John chapter 20, verse 23 through 29? I, I wish I was in the room to see this, all right, because it would just be such a marvel. We see it in paintings. We see it in history. We, we see it in the Roman uh, uh, just art. We see it throughout history about the story of Thomas. Remember, it says this in the scripture. We don't have it for the screen, but I'm going to read it to you. It says, now Thomas, also known as Didymus, what a name, Didymus, all right, one of the 12 of, uh, uh, disciples who became a, an apostle was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So other disciples told him, watch this, Jesus appeared to other disciples, but he didn't appear to Thomas. Now watch this. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. All right, we have seen the Lord. I, I'm gonna, I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying this right now. I want to stop right here for a second. Maybe for you, you want to see God in your life. And in this church and in your job or just small, whatever it is, you hear people's stories of how they have seen God. 
but you're still waiting to see God show up in your life. You're like Thomas, but watch this. Continue to have faith, and God's going to show up in a way that is, that is undoubtable, so to speak. He's going to revolutionize your life because he is alive, and he is well, and he hears the prayers of the righteous, and he is going to show up just for you in the way that you need today. Somebody say amen. So watch this. It says, it says, so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. Poor Thomas is like, what? Did, he, did, did I do something? <laughs> I didn't see him, but watch this. But he said to them, unless, this is Thomas, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand, wow, what a list, Thomas, all right? You're, some of you are saying, unless God shows up for me in my life, unless he, he, he provides for my family, unless he heals my broken heart from the, the people that hurt me, I will not believe. So that is somebody here today. That is someone watching online today. Look at Thomas. He says, unless I do these things, I will not believe, even though he had seen Jesus before his resurrection. Watch this, 26, uh, verse 26. A week later, a whole week, Thomas is like, man, why'd you show up to them but not to me? That's not right. But watch this. God is going about to give him, get himself some glory. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Through the door, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, isn't this so good? Isn't this Jesus so kind? just want to let you know Jesus is kind. He's loving. He's peace-loving. He says to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Thomas, stop doubting and believe. This morning God is saying, stop doubting and believe that I'm with you. Believe that I hear you. Believe that I see you. Believe that blessing is coming. Believe that your prayers, your answered prayers are on its way. Believe, believe, believe. I can't tell you, as I've studied the New Testament, one of the most, the words that is so used 250 times is the word believe. And perhaps it is expressed that way because we will not Unless we believe, we, then we will see. But for some of us, we're trying to see and then believe. But faith don't work that way. You must believe, then you will see. Come on, someone. So may the Lord open the eyes of your heart this morning. And Thomas said, my, Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because Thomas, you have seen me. You have believed Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet believed. What a statement. That is you and I today, away from, in the, in the body, away from the Lord. But in this life, we see the Lord through faith. And one day, we see him, uh, th- we will see him with our own eyes. I love what one person says. Uh, I don't have it for here. All right. I don't have it on this section of my notes. I wish I could re- read it to you. But watch this. I want to assure you in your faith that God is absolutely real and he's with you even in this very moment. And you say, God, how can God be with me and everyone else? Watch this. God is the boss of time. God God is not... not, 
He is not incapacitated. I don't know if that's the right word. He's not, um, he doesn't necessarily dwell within time. He can dwell with, outside of time. So he can be over there. He can be at the end of my life and at this point in my life at the very same time because he is time's boss and he can dwell outside of time. That's why people struggle when they say, well, who made God? Well, God don't have a, a, a creator. No one created him because he dwells outside of time. You're talking about time. You're talking about the universe and how it is formed. God is the boss of the universe and the boss of time. Today, God wants to encourage your faith today so that you see. But if he's talking about faith, if believers live by faith, say faith, well, what does faith mean? What does faith mean? All right. Now watch the Hebrews 11.1. 1. We have it in the screen for you. It says, now faith is being sure. Say sure. We will get what we hope for. It is being sure of we can, what we cannot see. I love what the NLT says. It says this, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe, there's that word again, that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. But here's the reality. I don't want it to be all just, you know, spiritual. The reality is you have faith. You have faith in the seat that you're sitting in right now. You have faith that that chair is not going to give out and that's going to hold you up. You have faith that the sunrise, there's going to be a sunrise next morning. You have faith that your wife may make you coffee and not poison it. Please don't poison my, wife, my coffee, Karina, all right? Uh, Billy Graham said that, actually, all right, about Ruth Graham, all right? You have faith in certain realities, all right? But watch this. For the believer, we must have faith in who God is and that he's revealed himself through the person of Jesus Christ. And we have faith in his word and in his promises. And we don't have to see with the natural eye to believe it. We see with our faith eyes. Some of us today, we're going to go home today and there's going to be a challenge at the house. Or there's already challenges at the house. Some t- some, uh, tomorrow morning, you may go to the workplace and you already know that you're going to see that person that you cannot stand that, that is just so hard for you, and there might be bitterness, but watch this. You don't have to live just with what your eyes see. There are greater realities in the supernatural when, what, and what your faith can see. Come on, isn't that good? Isn't that good? That why you, that's why you can look at a situation and you say, my God, I know that you're with me. Even though that this looks a certain way, I know I don't have to subjugate myself or be defeated in my faith because I know what you say in your word and I know who I am. And there are greater realities than, than just this dimension of life. Somebody say amen. Now here's another way to look at it. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Now faith is the assurance. I love that. Say assurance. Faith is the assurance, now watch this, the title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. And the evidence, say evidence, of things not seen. The conviction of their reality, uh, faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Now, I like this word. I want to exp- uh, teach on it a little bit. Now, faith is the assurance. It's the title deed. You know what that means, y'all? This is what it means. Are, are the scripture, or scriptures talk about translations say, faith is certainty. Say certainty. Faith is conviction. Look what, look what it says about title or deed. You know what? This is what this means. It is a legal document to effect the transfer of property and to show the legal right to possess it. In other words, because I have faith in Christ, 
I, I, have, I have it, I have a deposit by the Holy Spirit guaranteeing me my eternity with him and that I'll, I don't need to see it with my natural eye because I believe it by faith. That it's certain that there is an afterlife. I believe that with certainty that, the Bible, that what the Bible says about God's word is absolutely certain. For example, if I feel alone, my faith tells me that God will never leave me alone. That's a certainty and assurance in that good. That even though I live in a downward spiraled economy, that God, what am I going to do when I watch the 10 o'clock news? Well, I'm not them. I am a person of faith in Jesus. And his word says that he owns a thousand cattle or on, on a thousand hills, all right? That he's going to provide for me. I have that as assurance. Isn't that good news today? Come on, somebody. I have assurance that because Jesus died on the cross 2,022 years ago, though I wasn't there, all right, I have this assurance that he bled and died for me. I am certain that all my sins are forgiven. Come on, isn't that good news? Today, how many of us would just reassure today that if we walk in this, our emotional life, our life, our psychology would be so much better if we live with these realities despite what we see. Come on, somebody, in Jesus' name. God wants to encourage you today. How many of you know my wife has Amazon syndrome? Have you heard of that? Amazon syndrome? You may just one or two of you. That's all right. You'll get it. I'll get it. I promise you. No. I, uh, my, I, uh, I, I'm, Amazon, these guys are just flooding my streets all the time. <laughs> and not just to, to say that, I think their business is so flooded. I saw one guy drive up in like a Honda Civic one time. I was like, who that guy? He's not from here. And he looked like a stranger. I don't know if he's going to you know, bur- burglarize someone. I don't know. He just came out and just slanged an Amazon box. He's like, boom, right? It's just like, whoa, the Amazon is like everywhere, all right? And so watch this. My wife orders Amazon all the time. All right, dog food, just things, all right. She has certainty that when she orders Amazon and she pays for she pays for it, but she's not like Walmart where you go beep, buy it, pay it, it's right there. Amazon, she don't even have possession of it. She has faith that that's going to come to her because she got the receipt. She has certainty. She don't doubt whether it's going to come. She just may wonder if it's going to come on schedule, that's all. All right, like many of us, right? But how much, some of us have some more faith in Amazon than we do the Almighty God and the Scripture. Come on, somebody. If God said it, he's going to do it. Amen. We got to have faith with certainty that the, all, the world can, the world, it, the world seems like it's just going, for lack of a better word, to hell. All right. Things are happening. But watch this. You are, you can have assurance today that you in this room, if you believe in Christ, you are not them. You are a somebody and his eye is on you. You can have that faith today. So what are you looking at today that's making you question your faith? What are you going through today that's making you say, God, uh, I'm not sure about this. God wants you to speak to your circumstances. God wants you to look back at what you're looking at that challenges you and talk back to what, uh, whatever spirit is defeating you and discouraging you this morning. That leads me to my next point. Don't be discouraged That is one of the greatest weapons the devil will use. Don't be discouraged. Ooh, I want to say it again. Don't be discouraged by what you see or even by what you feel. Now, I'm not saying to suppress your emotions. Emotions are a gift from God. But I believe we live in a generation that is so led by their emotions and so led by appearances that we got to get it right because we are led by faith and not by sight or even our feelings. Come on, somebody. Amen.
our height. I love what one translation says, we live by faith and not by appearances. Yet we live in a culture that so loves appearance, doesn't it? I mean, how many of you get tired of seeing Instagram and seeing this awesome, these, all these awesome appearances? Look at me with my little chihuahua dog. First of all, that's not a human. We treat dogs like humans. That's a dog, all right? Look at me on my vacation, you know, me and my perfect self. They're not showing you reality because we care about appearances in this life. God don't care about necessarily appearances. He cares about faith and about reality. Somebody say amen, all right? For some, you've been so depleted, torn, and hurt, and dejected by what you've seen recently. You've you've seen heartache. You've seen your family torn apart. You've seen rejection. You've seen expectations not met. You've seen a lack of finances. You've seen difficult days in the marriage. You've seen the news too much and are depressed. You've seen things, and it has harmed you. It has broke you, and has hurt you. I want to speak on this because maybe the Lord is telling me this. Right now, a wife or a husband, I honestly feel the Lord telling me this online, whoever it is, you are looking at your marriage and you feel so defeated. You feel so broken. You want to quit and you want to give up. But don't let, what, don't let what you see discourage you. You start to start, like, like Matthew Barnett and my wife was saying, I'm not letting you doctors speak death over me. You need to speak life in your marriage. You need to start, t- you need to start taking authority over your marriage. Don't, be, don't walk out. Don't give up yet. Whether it's your marriage, whether it's your life, maybe some people, we just, we, there's people who want to end their life. Don't give up because uh, sometimes appearances are deceiving, isn't it? It reminds me of a story I have a firefighter friend for almost half his life. It felt like, uh, can I have the, uh, my, our beautiful keys player? That sounded weird. Can I have our keys player play some beautiful keys, all right? Sorry, we in church, all right? Uh, <laughs> awkward moment, all right? Uh, it reminds me of a story of a friend that I had who's a, have, he's a firefighter, all right? And for, for almost like half his life, he's always dreamed of being a firefighter. He's a self-proclaimed atheist. And I find it so funny and a little bit contradictory because this is what he's always wanted to do. He's always wanted to be a firefighter. And he sees now having been 10 plus years into it, build a career, doing well. He calls me and he knows I'm a pastor and he's an atheist. And we're friends. You, by the way, you can be friends with atheists. You can be friends with people who are Muslim. You can be friends with you can be friends with people that are not like you. It's okay, Christian. All right. I think we need to be friends with people who are not like us, so we can be the salt of the earth. Amen. We don't have to be like others, so to speak, because we can be who God called us to be. That's another story. But he calls me, and he knows I'm a pastor, and he feels so dejected. He says, "Michael, I see the worst things that you wish you would never see, even your worst nightmares. I see kids." Messed up. I see people in accidents. He's like, you know what, Michael? I even have to help criminals, man. I don't want to help them. I have to help people who are rapists, and I have to help them. Are you talking to me? I'm the believer. I'm like, Andrew, can't you see? <laughs> God is trying to talk to you. And so every now and then he's, he's calling me. And I think it's because God is trying to get his attention. And I tell him, Andrew, I know that you see the worst things in life. But there are greater realities than what you see in those accidents and those tragedies and those traumas. 
that God is actually on the move. It's not God's fault that we live in a broken world. People do that, and there is a devil. Come on, y'all. God does not do that. He's never tried to harm you. God loves you so much that he died for us. That's what he wants to heal us, not harm us. And the reality is, Andrew, someone's being saved right now. Someone who, who was going to commit suicide, God reached that person. God, uh, God, God is restoring a marriage. I know that we have policemen in our church and sometimes they see the ugliness of life but the reality is that's not all that there is to see. There's more to see than what you just see with your natural eye. Amen? There's more to see. God wants us to be led by our faith in Christ. It's time to remind our eyes that they are not the lenses by which you live by. Here's, here's another story for you. I remember in 2020, we all remember that year, that was one of the difficultest challenges ever of this ministry, ever, 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 ever. And I know that God called me to the ministry. I know we've seen, we've seen amazing days in the ministry. We've seen stories. We've seen people who actually walked to the church who said, Michael, I would have committed suicide unless your church was here. And I saw that flag or that A-frame, unless you spoke that word, I would have taken my life. It was God who, who, I had another story of a man who was literally on the corner of Hill and Allen. He said, God, he's, he's a, somewhat of a believer. He says, God, show me a sign. Literally, someone was putting our white A-frame a sign at the corner and said, oh my God, gosh, that's a, you literally, you're funny. You show me a sign, all right? Came, gave his life to Jesus. We've seen stuff, amazing miracles. We've seen financial miracles. We've seen people healed from cancer, all right? And, and watch this. So 2020 comes, and it was the most challenging time. We could not meet, all right? I remember we bought cameras, and uh, we never spoke in front of a camera. We never did ministry in front of a pr production at all. And I remember I would speak to a room like this large with no one in it, absolutely no one. I would prepare 10 to 15 hour sermons. That's what I normally do. And I would say, God, I might not see anybody in the seats, but I have to believe, Lord, that you called me and that there are going to be people watching on the other side of that lens who are going to receive hope. Let me tell you, I did that for one year and a half. And watch this. The day that we opened, I met Natalia, Ignacio, Briseida. I met Joram, Joram and Annie Suede. I met Mia and Larissa. I meet Bill and Christy. I started to see people come into the church that I'd never met before because I had belief in a greater reality that God called me despite what my eyes naturally see. You had to believe that. Come on, y'all. You got to believe that. And watch this. You're here today because of what I believe and what God has spoken to me over six years ago in faith to start the calling church. Watch this. Challenges do not have to stunt your faith. They can be the opportunity to grow your faith. Difficulties are food for faith to feed on. Let me say that again. Difficulties are food for faith to, to feed on. Although your eyes may tell you one thing, your faith tells you another. All, although we live life in faith in this dimension, there is another dimension that comes with faith in Christ. Those are greater realities than our present realities. Someone say amen. Now to better, better illustrate this, I, we have a video for you and I'll end the sermon after. I believe we have it for you on the screen. This inspired me. Watch this closely. Watch this. This is, or I'll just let you watch it. You can play it one more time. 
what you see here is the 2016 Paralympics in Rio. This woman is 100% blind. She cannot see. But she has to trust her companion who's next to her to run that race. I believe she may have won that race. All right? And you can see the expression. It moves me. After she, won, after she won that race. Look at her expression. That is Christ right now. Although you cannot see him with your natural eye, he is with you supernaturally, sending angels to help you, sending, uh, 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 just wanting to bless you. You are not alone. And watch this. She has to put complete trust in that man. When he moves, she moves. If he slows down, she slows down. If he speeds up, she speeds up. I love what Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6 through 7 says, Trust in the Lord with all your hearts. Do not lean unto your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will direct your paths. Friends, don't be discouraged by what you may see in your natural eye. Be encouraged by what God wants to show you through your faith eyes. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. Our mission as a church is choosing Jesus, chasing freedom, discovering our gifts, and serving Jesus. I have a question for you. What is your next step with Christ? Take your next step today by visiting thecallingla.com. If today's message touched you, we'd love to partner with you in sharing the hope and the message of Christ. So visit thecallingla.com slash give.